0: Hey, welcome everybody. Ears up in depth. Believe it or not, number 37. Show number 37, Jeremy. And uh, I couldn't be less enthusiastic about the next 37. <laughs> the way you well, treat me is so unreal. No, I'm kidding. Uh, welcome. What's
1: the 37th anniversary? What is the official thing that you give for that? Is I don't know. But... For 37?
0: 37th anniversary. You know what I'm learning about being, um, hang on, anniversaries. The thing I'm learning about being married is, uh, number one, don't do it. But also, um, (laughs) like there are different lists about the anniversaries. So there's not like one thing. It could be like four or five different things, um, which is weird. For your 37th anniversary, celebrate with a gift of alabaster.
1: Alabaster?
0: Yeah, which is the name given to two different minerals, gypsum and calcite.
1: Okay. I'll be waiting for that to arrive. Yeah,
0: please do. <laughs> Only if I mid uh, misread that as uh, an albatross and I just gave you a bird, like a big stuffed bird. <laughs> You're your like, a bird is for 37 yeah. Imagine if we had to give <laughs> each other anniversary gifts for every stupid show we did. Every single one of these. Like, wow, this is really cool. I have a whole shelf of just nothing but, um, I don't know, anyway, whatever. Uh, welcome, everybody. We have some great Disney news to get through. Um... I had a whole thing I was going to talk about, and I forget what it is, Jeremy. Tonight, if you're listening live, tonight, of course, is the monthly Tiki Room. We're going to be participating in drinking and just hanging out. Uh, Jeremy will be joining us. Uh, Terrence and Bev will not be joining us. I have fired both of them, and they have to do do a fitness challenge, just like in the Marines, to be qualified to come back on the show. Um, If you've ever seen Revenge of the Nerds, it's a lot like that, the Greek games, um, but less, um, you know, less Asian men with like pills that you know change your metabolism. So wait, they're it. really doing
1: a fitness challenge tonight?
0: Yeah, in order for in order to come back on the show, they have oh. to do twenty five pull ups, one thousand sit ups, and this is all within forty eight hours. And I don't think
1: either of them are going to do it. Got it. I'm I kidding. thought that that was no. the reason they couldn't come on. No, team. no,
0: no, no. It's actually uh, Bev told me a long time ago that she can't make it because it's her anniversary weekend. So her and Sam uh-huh. are going out uh, to the beach. She rented some sort of, you know, house on the beach or whatever. And I think Terrence's work just sort of like imploded again. And yeah. uh, he has to cover for like someone else who's, I don't know, something, which is fine. It's all right. But you're coming on and we're still going to have a good time. I have some Disney news to talk about that I'm not talking about here. But then by the time we talk about it on the next show, it's gonna be <laughs> it's going to be too old. So. We're gonna do a little Disney news tonight. Uh, if okay. you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, you can go ahead and do that now, and I'll drop the link uh, for the Corn Tiki Room or the Tiki Room, whatever I'm calling it now. Uh, you know, in a little bit, our next show, Jeremy will be on. This is the fourth of March, yes. and Tom Amin is our guest. Jeremy booked it get. Well, I mean, I booked it, but Jeremy threw me the lead. I did. Who is Tom Amin? Jeremy.
1: Tom Amin is a pianist, and he has a few albums. Of Disney covers, yes, and uh, I play his music on spectro radio, of course, um, wonderful cover albums, and he's coming out with a new one soon, and so I uh, thought it might be a good time for him to join ears up and introduce him to the listeners let him let let's tell them what he does yeah, he seems like a
0: a really nice guy he sent me a bunch of a bunch of his songs um you know, so I'm going to play those on the he show. Yeah, okay, good. He sent very me like good. six songs or something like that, and we're going to talk about his non Disney yeah. work too. And uh, you know, at first I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, he's a guy who plays the piano. Who cares? But <laughs> you think about it, and it's like, how 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 do you translate that into making money? It's very hard to make an album, much less be successful, um, being a musician. Uh, You know, and then there's the how do you translate your love of Disney parks and Disney rides into doing that, and how do it just for me all that kind of stuff is fascinating. How how anybody takes their skill and monetizes it, uh, not that it's all about money, but you need money to pay the bills. uh, is 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 very very cool to me and strange. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to doing that and uh, reading his bio. Seems like an infinitely talented guy. So I'm very yes. curious about, uh, you know, just sort of his road to Disney, how he fell in love with the parks. And like I said, how that translates into dropping not one, but four at Disney albums and then another one on the way.
1: Right. So I think it'll be really good. I need to know what tracks he sent you. I need to approve those. I need to make sure that they're all ones that I like. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, well, I have to check his writer. <laughs> I don't know. Um Yeah. Speaking of something else I found. Oh, you want to go first. Yeah. I always messed it up again, even though we figured it out before the show. (laughs) (sighs) Remind me who's going first, please,
1: Jeremy. I am. Okay. Um, But it sounds like you're eager beaver over there. Do you want to? I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to yield. To relinquish? Yeah.
0: No, go ahead. I've talked too much already.
1: Do you know about Disneyland Paris' Ride and Learn series? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you.
0: Thanks,
1: man. Disneyland Paris's social media platforms have been quite active throughout the pandemic. Um, in fact, at the start of the pandemic, I told you here about uh, their Disneyland Paris at home website where they were offering up, but still are offering up online games, activities, iPhone backgrounds you know, all sorts of things like that just to kind of keep you occupied at home and get a taste of Disneyland Paris while you can't go to the park. Well, their social media platforms, they've been doing a ride and learn series, which is basically video ride throughs of their attractions.
0: Oh, okay. Right. With
1: little bits of information as you ride through, such as you know just a description of the ride when it opened, things like that, so it's just a chance to kind of re you know virtually relive your favorite rides at the Disneyland Paris okay. Last week Disneyland Paris added a video ride through of their version of Peter Pan's Flight, the Fantasy Land attraction that inexplicably garners over 60 minute <laughs> wait times frequently in uh, California and Florida. That is inexplicable. That is absolutely
0: the best <laughs> adjective, I guess, descriptor um, cuz it's not that cool of a ride. I mean it's cool of, it's a cool ride, but not 60 minute wait time, but The other side is you have to wait in line for something. I mean, you got to do something
1: there. Right. Um, I typically won't ride it because I just don't feel like waiting in that line. But lately because of pandemic level crowds, the wait time is, you know, five to 20 minutes now, typically Um, or frequently. And uh, so I have gone on it a few times in the last month or so. And I'm like still scratching my head. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. If this goes, if this wait gets any longer, I'm out again. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So they uploaded a the ride through of it. But in this video, they digitally edited out the scene that depicted the character Tiger Lily
0: hmm.
1: and the rest of the Native Americans that are drumming, you know, in the scene at towards the end where they're around the TV. Uh, the Twitter account at DLP report posted side-by-side video of the ride through from their own video, and then the official video and the area of the screen where Tiger Lily normally appears is just black. It's sort of been just, like, edited down. Oh, you wouldn't notice it unless you were – I wouldn't have noticed it because I, I don't know it that well. Right, right. A spokesman for Disneyland Paris confirmed these were deliberately edited out of the video, but would not comment on whether the actual figures in the attraction have been removed for when the park reopens. For its part, DLP report is claiming the figures will remain in the attraction, though it's uncertain how they would know that officially. Um, Peter Pan on Disney Plus received a content advisory as many... Disney classic movies have warning viewers of negative depictions of people or cultures Uh, with reimagining coming to the jungle cruise and splash mountain. And now this edit to the ride through one has to wonder if physical changes are in store for the Peter Pan attraction, not only at Disneyland Paris, but potentially other parks where the attraction lives, including Disneyland in Anaheim, the magic kingdom in Florida, Tokyo Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland. Apparently Hong Kong does not, have this attraction, and of course, with news of this being edited out for uh, culturally sensitive reasons, the Twitterati <laughs> weighed in with its opinions, as they are prone to do. One user said, "Definitely should go. That scene is so cringy." Another user replied, My wife, who is Blackfeet, said this is all about white people feeling good about themselves by finding something that depicts another culture and making it disappear. Obviously, those that find it offensive have not been to a reservation during powwows recently. We sit around a teepee. Someone else named Leslie chimed in, saying times were different back then. Glad they're being more culturally sensitive, but I would like to see them show... Um, what makes their culture unique? Also, we can learn from each other. So I thought that was a very a balanced take on that lady's part. Um, yeah. Thinking, you know, it would be nice to be able to see it, maybe just not depict it in a culturally insensitive way. But I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But that's what happened so far. Disneyland Paris editing out the Native Americans in their virtual ride through. I mean, remembering
0: uh, well, remembering Alice was watching Peter Pan a couple of weeks ago, and, and that scene happened to be in there. And, you know, I don't know that it's the, it's the depiction of the Native Americans, or it's, for me, it's the color of their skin. Because uh-huh. it's that, like, maroon red, you know? It's like oh, very, it? very, yeah, it's very... That, to me, is the worst part of it. So I wonder if it's not just... Just, you know, having the Native Americans there doing their thing and Tiger Lily and whatever, but it's like the 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 chief, I guess Tiger Lily's dad is just like you know, stereotypically red the red man, you know? Yeah. So
1: I suppose everything in that movie I haven't seen that movie in quite a long time, probably thirty years. Um I suppose everything's a little bit a caricature of what it is. I mean, I can't imagine what pirate looked like Captain. <laughs> I mean, a pirate that looked like that
0: it in was the 17th also century wouldn't have been
1: taken very seriously. Right, he would right, have been, right. uh, uh, you know, you know, very uh, flamboyant and sashaying around. I can't imagine. So, <laughs> yeah, that's weird, man. Or Smee? Like, is there really a human being that looks like that and acts like that? So. Uh,
0: yeah, right. Everything, everything's an exaggeration. <laughs> and you know, you you listen back to Terence's. Uh, Show last week on the Walt Old men that he was talking about how when these guys were were discovering animation and like learning how to animate properly, they were like, "You have to exaggerate the moves you ha- everything has to be an over exaggeration I mean how boring would it be if you just drew some guy walking down the street like normal, you know his feet have to flop <laughs> or whatever so it's it's i mean it's I guess it goes to the same thing with cultural stereotypes, but um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Again, it doesn't affect me yeah, either no. way, so I don't care if it offends you, let's talk about it. Right. Uh, you know, but I don't want to like you you can't please everybody. So, it, you know, if 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 you're angry, that's fine, but if you're offended, that's not okay. <laughs> so, I'd rather have more angry people and less offended people than vice versa, but I don't know. Also, sure. I don't care. Do it. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> um when it comes time to have like my vote cast let, then, then we can talk about my opinion and why it matters. I guess, but I don't know, man. If it offends you, then let's remove it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. It's not going to fundamentally affect that ride. I feel like you can have that same ride mechanic of like flying or whatever, and the whole thing could just be the city of London, and that's it. And then it's it. And then you end. People would still wait sixty minutes for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want I think it's more of just. It's less of the the the. Peter Pan being the ride and more of it's a unique ride system.
1: Yeah. I mean, the depiction of London is about as accurate as you see of Paris and Soren with that curvy Eiffel Tower, <laughs> and, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, they're, they're both equally representative of the places that they take you to. True. So
0: True. Well, uh, Jeremy, speaking of places to be taking me to— or something. Uh, we all knew this was coming Sure, we talked about it on shows Joked about it in Tiki Rooms But we never thought it would actually happen And yet, here we are Hot off the announcement last week Of a planned, ticketed event Coming to the Disneyland Resort This week saw more details about said event Including pricing, dates And unfortunately The name for the event Which is A Touch of Disney This Which, first of all, we're supposed to stay six feet apart. Nobody's touching anybody. Why is is it? Don't let Disney touch me. Stay away. Put a mask on, Disney. I don't want it. I don't want it. This limited time event begins on March 18th and ends April 5th. Now, the event is on select dates only, so it's just not a free-for-all in there. A Touch of Disney is a ticketed event, of course, and those tickets go on sale March 4th. Details are classically sparse, but here's what we do know about A Touch of Disney. The tickets cost $75 per person for access to DCA only from noon until 8 p.m. Those are the park hours during these events. Okay. Parking is included in the ticket price, and it starts at 11.30 a.m. at the Mickey and Friends structure. So you can start parking at 11.30 in the morning. A twenty-five-dollar okay. dining card also comes with your ticket and is valid for select eateries only. Unlimited digital downloads of
1: the Disney PhotoPass photos for the whole day. Well, how much is it normally to park there? I think it's like fourteen bucks now. So it's seventy-five. Take out the fourteen because you normally would pay, right? You got that calculator going? Take out what twenty-five for a gift card? Yep. So really, not even the gift without card Without the parking and just, the gift
0: card just
1: for dining. It's just for food and drinks. Fine, but yeah. you'd spend it. I know, right. But I'm just saying. Really, you're so you're net spending $36. Sure, I
0: guess. But you can't take those options away. It's
1: $75. Yeah. It's not
0: a la carte, right? So Right. Just to be clear, this event is at Disney California Adventure and not Disneyland. The Disneyland park is not Open. It is still closed, and I have I, the only reason I'm stressing that because I've seen more than a few articles on this event saying that Disneyland is open. So I want to make sure that nobody is getting too excited here, like I did. I read some article last night, and I started writing this story, and then I checked the Disneyland website, and it's DCA only. And it's like, well, this article said it was Disneyland, so I had to like rewrite about it. Was I was really pissed? <laughs> I was really pissed off. So anyway. What does your ticket to A Touch of Disney get you, Jeremy? Well, we um, aren't 100% sure just yet. So let's take a deeper look at the touching, and hopefully we can better understand just what we are being asked to pay for. So I'm just going to read some quotes from the, um, from the presser there. Quote, A Touch of Disney, a new ticketed experience within select outdoor areas of Disney California Adventure Park, will be making its debut beginning March eighteenth, two 2021, Thursdays through Mondays from 12 to 8 p.m. So there you go. Those are your select days. Tickets for this experience go on sale March fourth, two thousand twenty-one, and must be purchased in advance and online for a specific date. So you can't buy them at the t- ticket kiosk. You can't go there first and buy them. You got to buy them online beforehand.
1: Right. Well, that's so they can control the crowds. It's going to sure. work. That's that's the net effect, or the, the basically the effect of what we have, which is the park reservation system.
0: Well, it's. I think it's also to make sure that. Paying for parking is wrapped up in this, in the ticket price.
1: Oh, what so like you don't figure out how to park at the Sheridan? I don't know. I guess. So the, actually, this is a great question. What if you're making a weekend of it staying at the Sheridan where you're paying for parking, mm-hmm. but you're walking to DCA seventy five bucks
0: it's 75 bucks. From what i understand, it's a flat 75. Now we'll find out more on March 4th whether or not they decide to throw these in because people there's there's uh people on Twitter, which maybe we'll get to a little bit later, that are going, "Well, if i have a party of 4 and we're in a car, one car with four people, are we all paying $75?" <laughs> we're not all paying we don't have all individual cars. It's you know what i mean? So it seems I don't oh, yeah, that's an odd thing it's there. It's weird to wrap the parking up into it, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so it sounds like from from this, uh, you know, writing that uh, there's going to be roped off areas of DCA that are accessible only to folks with a touch ticket. I, I, I guess. I mean, I, I, it's not that DCA is going to be closed entirely and only a touch of Disney people are going to be able going in because uh, they talk about having access to different areas or whatever. Um Quote, dates, ticket availability, and prices for the Touch of Disney experience will be released on a rolling basis until the experience ends. So, you know, there's that. And it's probably a good idea to, like, you know, release those uh, incrementally so they don't all sell out too quickly. And then they have, like, a month of doing this where they're not selling any more tickets. It's the same people going, like, 12 times a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Quote, you'll discover an array of classic and specialty menu items from around the Disneyland Resort available for purchase at our open air marketplaces and at select alfresco dining locations. So we can eat food from Disneyland, and that's cool, I guess, right? Um, They do sort of list the open air marketplaces and what they have. So at Delish, which I've never heard of, you can have um, Walt's Chili from Carnation Cafe um, Mm -hmm. or the Very, Very Berry Mickey Waffle. Which everybody wants to walk around DCA eating a waffle full of berries. That sounds uh, not messy at all. At California Craft
1: Brews. You're not going to be able to walk around with it. You have to, the 11. rules are you have to stop uh, to take your mask off and eat. You can't and eat. be walking in. You can't
0: and be walking. Okay. There's that's that's not going to happen. Uh, California Craft Brews, which I hate the word brew. I, I it's, it's not a <laughs> noun, it's a verb. You don't, you do. I really do. I, I hate it. To the moon and back. I I hate it. It bothers me. Remember,
1: you're going to have a bar. Jace's Frisco Brews. Yeah,
0: I know. (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, You can quench that thirst with craft beer and pair it with pepperoni pizza egg rolls. Because we're all 14 now. (laughs) Oh, I'm sitting here going, oh, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, L.A. style. (laughs) Gobble up some seasonal faves. This is I wasn't gonna talk I wasn't gonna complain about this, but another thing that bothers me about Disney about the copywriting for the Disney Parks blog is the way that they they talk like a boomer trying to relate to kids. And it's so (laughs) annoying. Seasonal faves. Nobody nobody talks like this. Nobody goes, you know what I wanna do? I want to go to Disney Parks and get some seasonal faves. This person watches too much TV and this is how they think that teenagers and like young people talk and it's not, nobody talks like that. Maybe in right. text. It sounds,
1: it sounds like you're watching a show on the Disney channel or on yeah. ABC. Right. And that's how these odd teenagers that Disney makes talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very awkward to watch. It's so bad, dude. I watch hate it. Watch fun and make fun of
0: it. I hate it so much. Golden Dreams. You can please your palate with well-seasoned eats which is another thing i don't like. It, eat is not a f- eat is not a noun. It's a
1: verb. You don't go get an eat. Yeah, let's go get some eats. eats. Yeah, let's go get some eats. Like, hey, let's go get my, some of my fave eats. We'll get some eats and we'll wash them down with some brews.
0: <laughs> like sweet and spicy chicken wings from Trader Sam's. Uh, okay. Uncork. Yeah, that sounds fine, right? Uh, Just have Trader Sam's be open. It's got a terrace. Exactly. Uncork, California. Discover the Golden State's winemaking artistry with red and white selections by the glass, as well as California artisan cheese plate. That's fairly standard. You know, whatever. There's a place called Cluck-A-Doodle-Moo, and I don't know where that is, <laughs> but I sort that of- sounds like chicken and cows? I sort of love it, and I would work there if I had to work anywhere at DCA. <laughs> Cluck-A-Doodle-Moo! Sink your teeth into hearty favorites like chicken gumbo from Cafe Orleans and sip on a fruit-forward beverage. Sip on it. Don't chug it. Don't lightly caress the straw with your mouth as you gently inhale some of the liquid and then cough and choke. (laughs) Sip on it. Just sip on it. Stop telling me how to eat and drink. (laughs) Carts from around the Disneyland Resort, bring them into DCA, and they will have all sorts of goodies available for purchase. Uh, They say, think Dole Whip Treat churros, popcorn, ice cream, novelties and more. That all checks out. That's totally fine. I think that's great bringing some of the classic food from Disneyland over to DCA so people can eat it. Great. I love it. That sounds great. The Mickey and Friends parking structure will open for parking for the experience beginning at 11:30 in the morning. And this is where things get kind of weird. So if you want to maximize your time, I guess you like go to Mickey and Friends parking early. I mean, imagine rolling up at, like, 11 o'clock, let's say. You know there's going to be a line of people to get in the garage. Then you have to actually get through the parking, park, get over to DCA. I, I mean, I would be, like, stressed out to, to be sure I'm in the park by noon. To me, that's, like, 11, like, half an hour to get from parking to DCA. I would stress me out. To okay. me, it sounds like a, a bad time frame. Like, open it at 11 but maybe they don't want people lining up. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, guests will be able to access the experience via a dedicated walkway from the Mickey and Friends parking structure. That's cool. Very nice. So there you have it. The A touch of Disney, which is very, very uh, bad uh, name, but, you know, in more ways than one. I don't know, Jer, would you pay $75 for this experience?
1: Yes. I wouldn't be going all the time, but I would definitely want to do it. Um, The only thing, I also think they should have called it a taste of Disney. It's a little bit of Disney, so it's a taste. Right. And you're getting all these foods. It's a taste of Disney. That's what we call it here, the Taste of Epcot International (laughs) Food and Wine Festival. You guys have this in your branding wheelhouse. What are you doing? Also, I hate the word wheelhouse. I can't believe I just said it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, it's very very strange to me because so what the the point is, and I guess I left some of this out is there are um, there are different points of the park you can access and you can take photos of there. So you can you're walking around in different locations. It's basically like one of those events where that you know are after hours that you pay to get into, like Taryn and I did for the Tower of Terror thing or whatever. Well, there's not going to be a lot of people in this area. And then you can have the option to buy these specific foods that nobody else can buy. It just seems like $75
1: for that is too, is too much. Well, let's see how many they sell.
0: Oh, they're going then to sell we'll out. Not. Of course they're going to sell out. So I'm looking on their, on their Twitter uh, right now. And more people than not are excited for this. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's something that like we've talked about on this show, I think since like April, is why aren't they doing something like this? Why aren't they charging people just to walk around? And then now they're doing it. I'm sort of complaining about You're it. You're cranky but, about it. Yeah, I'm, I am cranky <laughs> about it. But it's No like, pleasing you. No, but also I think the part of the problem is don't wrap up a bunch of stuff that people might not want in the thing. You're going to drive people away. I don't know, $75, like I said, so you can limit eight tickets per person. So if you have a car, like if Taryn and I we decide to go next month or whatever, we're both paying $75 even though we're parking one car. I don't know. And then you're forcing us to, like, eat food? I don't, what if we don't want to do What if we just want to go walk around? It makes no sense to me. But then it's also a way, if you look at it in a positive light, it's a way to ensure that there are jobs there, right? So there are people manning these kiosks, and they're generating revenue to, like, maybe bring people back and, and whatever. So I, it,
1: overall, I guess it's positive, but it's uh, it's weird to me. You should br- You should go drive down there. Then rent another car and have, t- and then both drive in and be like, "We're getting our money's worth out of this." We're both parking. Yep. You could have, you should have Alice drive up in the Barbie dream car.
0: Oh, that's exactly how you can get your money's worth: is go rent another car.
1: <laughs> I didn't say that it was a good financial decision for you, but it'll really stick it to Disney. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. Um, And isn't that what it's all about? It is really what it's all about. That's why I stole this (laughs) neat and ready sign.
1: This is why. See, you're already ahead of the game. Uh Pay for the
0: parking. (laughs) I'm neat and already ready. Uh, Let's hear from our good friend Sean O'Sullivan. Yes. Hello, it's Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery, and we are proud to announce a fresh addition into our Hell or High series of beers with Hell or High Pomegranate. Our California Bay Area Brewery has done it again, creating a crisp and refreshing wheat beer that pairs well with the season. Heller High Pomegranate is made with real fruit and is sweet with a slightly tart finish. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this time of year and can brighten any rainy or wintry day. Behind all that soft and elegant pomegranate flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light, bready notes and at a mere 4.9% alcohol is quite enjoyable. Heller High Pomegranate is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold on draft and in cans. That's right, cans. All right, well there you go. I'm drinking one right now, Jeremy. Look at the red. I love the red color that they chose for that. Yeah, is that Lady Liberty? Yeah.
1: why is she in San Francisco?
0: Because that's where they're from, dude. She's taking a trip because she loves 24 oh, she went so all
1: much. the way there.: Yeah I ha- thought that was a red version of the Verrazano Narrows bridge and it was really just New York. No. Have
0: you never seen Ghostbusters 2, man?
1: Yeah, I have. But oh, well, then they,
0: they drove Lady Liberty over to San Francisco, and there you go. They showered her down in all that pink goo. <laughs> and they just went across the country. Man. <laughs> that should be what Ghostbusters 3 is. It's just their, their trip across. Now, they put her back at the end, but anyway. God, I keep getting my mustache yeah. in my mouth. Stupid. Maybe get rid of that. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. It makes me feel like a cop.
1: Or tr- <laughs> like that guy from Reno 911. I guess, yeah. Just trim it. Just give it a little trim. Yeah. There's nothing worse than hair in your mouth.
0: <laughs> I can think of a few things.
1: I I don't know. Well, you know what? DCA isn't the only center of attention, okay? <laughs> yeah, it is. We've got some expanded offerings coming to Florida, Jason. I love next, it. Next next week begins the appropriately titled Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. (laughs) Right here at at Epcot. We're all about touching over here. You're all about tasting over there. We're tasting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is the third special event to take place at Epcot since the reopening of Disney World back in July of 2020. What's new this time? Expanded live entertainment. These Epcot festivals usually include, well, in the fall, you get the Eat to the Beat concert series. And in spring, you get Garden Rocks, which I like. Uh, and they, they take place. The America Gardens Theater in the American Adventure Pavilion typically plays host to such acts as Starship, the Pointer Sisters, oh, the man. Marshall Tucker Band, Everclear, and Sugar Ray, among <laughs> others. Sugar Ray. Let me tell you something. Sugar Ray puts on one hell of a show over there.
0: I'm sure he does.
1: Uh, he was performing on the day of the final Illuminations, and I it was, it was a day I'll never forget. So
0: every time you hear a Sugar Ray song on the old internet, or not internet, <laughs> but the, the, the radio in your car or whatever, do you think of the Illuminations uh, going away?
1: You know what? I, you just gave me a thought. Oh, I should recreate the final day of Illuminations and play Sugar Ray all day on on Spectro, and then go right into Illuminations.
0: You really should. That's that's t- just to like clear the channel to make sure there are no listeners. <laughs> I mean, I guess Sugar Ray's like popular. I guess I don't know,
1: man. He's good, and let me tell you, he worked the crowd. He was up and down every aisle, like he barely was on stage. It was great. Well, yeah, because his, his fans are too old to reach out and grab him. <laughs> You feel safe in the crowd. But those live acts have been axed. Axed. The acts have been axed. Okay. I probably should have rehearsed this.
0: It sounds easy to say.
1: Uh, since the festival r- festivals have returned, uh, instead, the American Gardens Theater has been playing host to Epcot's own in-house live musical acts. Well, the ones that are left. Um, one being Mariachi Cobre, which normally plays over in the Mexico Pavilion. And the Voices of Liberty... Uh, they usually play still in the American Adventure, but usually inside the pavilion in the rotunda. Yeah. Um, these live acts have been relocated to the America Gardens Theater because it has seating that's you know you can mark off sections and you can create more of a socially distant way to watch the musical acts. Whereas if they're just playing on the promenade, people are going to gather around. It causes bottlenecks. So this is that was their solution. And while the Garden Rock series is not officially back, Disney has announced the America Gardens Theater will play host to several local Orlando musical acts throughout the Flower and Garden Festival as part of the City Beautiful Bandstand. Local bands appearing include Epic, exclamation point, with their high-energy performances of classic and contemporary songs, Motown in Motion playing the sounds of Motown and R&B, the vintage vinyl band putting their own spin on today's top 40 music by combining it with the sounds of yesterday sounds interesting the hooligans (laughs) the sounds of yesterday well yeah i think it's going to be like a 60s 50s kind of sound but playing today's music and i'm kind of intrigued by that what does that even mean i don't know like like i'm I'm
0: intrigued like a doo-wop band singing taylor swift yes okay exactly i think that's what it's gonna be ooh, ba, ba, ooh, da. coming through like a wrecking ball da, da, da. i don't know yes I, I don't this know. is
1: right this is exactly if what it, was la- it should be
0: if it was lounge lizard like that then that might be fun but i don't know anyway i, rev- I re- reserve the right to uh judge you tell me how it is jeremy i'm sure you're going
1: oh, i will be there for the first night of the first band please The Hooligans will rock out to British Invasion 80s and 90s pop and alternative music. The Spasmatics will play covers of 80s pop and Latin Ambition. A bilingual Latin American band will bring their take on Latin music. But that is not all. Things are expanding here in Florida at blinding speed. With travel to Florida continuing to increase, Disney has been flexing its operating hours over President's Day a couple weeks ago. Guests saw closing times at the park increase, with Epcot seeing hours remaining open until 11 p.m. some nights. I have never seen Epcot open until 11 p.m. in all the years I've been going. They used to push it to 10. Right. Right. So they're cranking it open. That's good. So they're cranking, and uh, Disney is looking ahead to spring break now for the week of March 14th to March 20th. The Magic Kingdom will extend its operating hours from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Epcot will close at 11 p.m., push back from 7. Hollywood Studios will add an hour going to 8 p.m. And Animal Kingdom will remain open until 8 p.m. past its regular 5 p.m. closure. So they're broadening the hours to accommodate all the expected influx of guests. And on top of that, airlines have been announcing increased flight frequencies to Orlando and Florida in general as the airline industry repositions itself away from business hubs and toward holiday destinations uh, with a severe drop in business travel, uh, expecting an even further summer surge Spirit Airlines, the number two carrier at Orlando International Airport, is adding routes to Orlando as well as other warm destinations like Las Vegas. Projected activity at Orlando International Airport shows Southwest Airlines is the biggest carrier with nearly one hundred flights a day. Spirit Airlines expects to have more flights this summer than it did in twenty nineteen. So oh, sure. ramping ramping things up.
0: Oh wait, wait more they, they expect to have more flights this year than in twenty nineteen.
1: 2019, the last summer we had before the pandemic. So they are ramping it back.
0: Well, that's exciting news, I suppose. We've talked about uh, the formidable, I guess, I don't know, Joe Rohde, right? The uh, former Disney Imagineer and uh, who's responsible for Pandora Land and uh, Animal Kingdom over there in Walt Disney World and a bunch of other stuff that we'll probably never really uh, know. Well, he retired recently. I believe it was like the first part of January. Yeah, well, already he's back at work, landing a new role at Virgin Galactic. Rhodey has been named the company's first ever experience architect, where he will serve as a strategic advisor to help design and guide experiences for aspiring astronauts and enthusiasts that will enjoy in the future. Uh, "Quote: Rhodey is truly a transcendent creator who design whose design work." Leverages careful, detailed composition to create authentic and remarkable experiences, Virgin Galactic said in a news release Monday. Quote, the work he is starting will stimulate curiosity, guide the imagination, and anchor the Virgin Galactic customer experience with purposefulness and meaning. Guide the customer experience with meaning. Whatever. So, it means nothing. None of that means anything. (laughs) Uh, here's what, uh, Rody said, quote, I've worked for a long time in projects that involve this sort of transformational power of adventure. Rody said in a video interview on the Virgin Galactic website to go somewhere you have never been to do something you've never done. See something you've never seen changes you. Well, this is one of the most profound things that can happen to you to go beyond the reaches of the earth into space and to look back down at its spectacularly unique opportunity with a huge potential for transformational change in a person. So there you go. That's what's uh, that's what's next for Roadie. I don't know what any of this means. Um, it's I mean maybe it's going to be like uh you know videos and maybe Roadie's in charge of like the VFX or something.
1: What's a VFX? Video effects.
0: I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to like figure out oh. what he would be doing. You know, it's like uh. Y- Preparing
1: people to go into space. Oh, it didn't. Some like, okay. So maybe my interpretation was different. I expected him to be imagining the 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 what it is for a, a guest to go. Go to the lounge before they board. What you know? All, what does it look oh, like while stuff. you're boarding? What is the interiors of the plane look like? Oh, what yeah, sort maybe. of amenities? Are, that's where I because he's he's used to moving people from A to B in an experience, right? Sure. So to me, that's why they. I would have thought that they brought him in to be like, what does it feel like when you check in? What does it feel like when you're in? Mm. You know, waiting. What are the restrooms? All of it, and how does it all tie into a consistent theme? That's what I would. I thought that he would be doing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Still weird. Right. It's still very weird, like to have and not not that weird in a bad way, right? But just weird is like this is Joe Rohde who designs theme parks and I was designing experiences for a, a, a space travel agency. Like
1: it's just weird. Yeah, I, it's well, it's a weird thing. I mean, the fact that we have space travel agencies, <laughs> right, right? You know, I mean, there was a time when Imagineers were charged with. Telling us that that was coming and, you know, Horizons and you would go to Horizons told us what it was going to be like to go to space and how we would do that as as people. And now he's literally making that happen for real, not just as a as an attraction of yeah. something in the 21st century We're we are in the 21st century. And guess what? The Imagineers were right. We're doing it. I think it's amazing and I love it. And uh, I'm not, you know, I've always, haven't always been the biggest fan of Joe Roddy. Sometimes he just rubs me the wrong way. He rode you the wrong uh, way. Yeah, he wrote, but uh, I think this is great. And you know what? Honestly, he, he had a long career. Uh, he's probably really just at this point consulting. Like he walks into a room, he gives oh, yeah. his opinion and he walks away. And yeah, they probably sure. threw a boatload of money at him to do it. So mm-hmm. I say, Mazel.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, man. He deserves it. <laughs> um, I have one small one. Do you have one left or uh, I'm talking about news stories.
1: You have a small one? Yeah, I do. Okay, let's see it. <laughs> I mean It's Patreon only. The story, the yeah, story. Yeah, right, I want right, to see right. the story.
0: Uh, this is from Shanghai Disneyland. And it's uh, kind of funny and then it gets kind of sad at the end. Uh, A woman visiting Shanghai Disneyland jumped onto the stage during a performance of Pirates of the Caribbean, which apparently is a stage show over there, and slapped an actor on the head while calling him debauched and saying, quote, you are not worthy of being Chinese and, quote, you are an American pig. Saturday, February (laughs) twentieth. That was all one sentence, by the way. What? Video footage of the incident circulated on a Chinese social media website Sunday, uh, leading to lively discussions about the incident. Uh, Pudong Public Security Bureau said at about 5 p.m. on February 20th, a woman took to the stage during a performance and, quote, beat a performer for no reason, causing the performance to be disrupted. Video footage of the incident shows the actors being understandably taken aback, but barely skipping a beat as they continued in the spirit of the show must go on. However, the woman kept ranting after leaving the stage, accusing the actor of debauchery for a scene in the play where his pants were torn off while being whipped. You know, just some light fun over there in China.
1: (laughs) I love she's saying he's an American pig. It's like, well, lady, you jumped on a stage show and you're slapping an actor. You're not exactly representing the Chinese very well.
0: Right. The woman then returned to her seat and refused staff requests for her to leave the venue. The show was then canceled to the disappointment of the audience, some of whom had queued up for an hour to get a seat. So, this sounds like a very popular show. Pudong Public Security Bureau police arrested a 35 year old woman named Guan in relation to the incident, only to find her incoherent and confused. This is the sad part. Police contacted Guan's family who informed them that Guan suffered from mental illness and had been in Shanghai on her own in recent days. So she's just mentally ill, hanging around Shanghai Disneyland. She was diagnosed.
1: How'd she get get a ticket?
0: I don't know. Guan was diagnosed with acute mental disorder by the mental health center and has been admitted to the hospital. And, uh, you know, there you go.
1: Oh, okay. That's
0: it. Like I said, real well, short. I hope she
1: feels better. I hope I mean, she that's feels not better. So nice. But like, just
0: yeah. hopping on stage and beating the snot—I <laughs> mean, you're not worthy of being Chinese. <laughs> that's
1: it. Yeah. Well, also, it's like—is he Chinese or is he an American pig? You can't—he can't be both. Yeah. Poor I don't lady. Know. Well, I guess—I guess, I guess uh, logic isn't really working for her right now. No. she's got some other issues to deal with.
0: Or sure. Uh, anyway, that's all I got, Jer.
1: Yeah, that's all I've got. I mean, you know, I can't believe it. I thought this uh, it was four o'clock this afternoon. And I was like, I got literally nothing to say. But you know what? We squeeze out another one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's really not a whole lot going on in the uh, excuse me, in the Disney uh, news sphere. And that's, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's like there is right. There's like really light sort of, you know, bull crap, if I could say that on the show.
1: Yeah, well, they put the new flagpoles in at Epcot today, but I didn't really feel like I, I don't know how to write a story out of that.
0: <laughs> it's very weird. It's just there's like, yeah, there's like all this weird fluff stuff. And then it's um, <laughs> I don't know, man. And then it's just like this where someone gets beat up on stage.
1: Well, what we need what is do? more psychos at our parks causing trouble so we can talk about it. We really do. Where are the psychos? Psychos. We haven't had any in a while come on let's go
0: (laughs) um anyway we're gonna uh, take off here everybody we're gonna get ready for the tiki room tonight i'm gonna pop the link i should probably just do that right after this show before i forget about it um so we'll have that in there for you guys for all patreon levels so i think it's two dollars and up so that's good um there's that i am working on jeremy a blog post and something i've talked about for probably like a year year and a half since i got this document um you know how early on there was like, I don't know if it's a rumor, but I guess it's a fact of like, there was really only eight or nine animatronic heads just to cut down on cost. Like each individual animatronic didn't have its necessarily own figure. They reused the molds for different figures in and around the parks. Right. I have a list of all of those heads. <laughs> and so I finally, uh, with our, our new research assistant, Maddie, Maddie with an eye, uh, Everybody's name is Maddie. I know it's really weird. I'm going to change mine. Uh, she put together <laughs> this uh, this document basically uh, with pictures, seeing whose head is who. So I'm putting that together. It's going to be in two parts, part one and part two of all the heads of the uh, Disneyland Resort. And I think it's going to be uh, pretty cool. Like for in- for instance, the guy in the Bayou scene before Pirates, the old the old guy. Yeah. I know he has a name, right? Um He his head is the same as one of the uh, guys in the well scene, you know, when they're drowning Carlos to like figure out where Jack Sparrow is. yes. and there is yes. like dudes lined up. He's he's in that line. I'm same sure. head, same head, just different coloring. Yeah, they just dressed it up differently. Yeah, well, I, just, I think that's really neat. So I've never it would be I've like never seen you and would... I've never seen like the, an example of it before. I've always heard it. It's like oh yeah, that's that. But like to to see them sort of side by side. I, right. I I like that kind of stuff. To me, that's the, that's what I like. That's why I started doing the show. It's like the Disneyland history stuff that I really right. gravitate
1: towards and how they did
0: that kind of stuff. I like
1: it. Yeah. I mean, we should do that. What? You know what I Switch mean? Like Switch I should wear – well, you know, I mean, like, could people tell, like, if I put on a mustache, blue glasses, and a hat and be like, look, it's the same head. It's <laughs> um... just chase it. We'll you try what, I don't know. Like, Does that make
0: sense? No, no it makes sense. I just, <laughs> I just don't know. I'm going to fly over to Florida and hit you on the head. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um, we'll see you later.